Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my five metal friends. Welcome yes. to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How are you doing? I'm Chickity Chuck. I'm Godless. And this is your weekly we examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. Uh, we post it every Monday at metalsucks.net. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and all that fun stuff. So uh, it can come right to your little lookity device, whether it's your iPad or uh, iPhone or whatever. You can get it right to you on iTunes. Or, like I said, just log on and... Grab it at Metal Sucks. Every hey, you got to grab it at Metal Sucks, but you got to grab it on Monday because then eventually we got to start getting buried into the pages there. You know, that's, that's I'm on us. iTunes. I get it off iTunes. Exactly. That, me that's too. Right. Yeah, my my yeah, pod, you know, thing for. But then again, I'm the one that writes a little blurb about about what we say. So right. I've already read that part. Right. Yeah. And I and I stream it on seven different machines here at work so that it looks like we're getting more downloads. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. That's that's the way I get around. I'm like, yeah, come on, everybody. <laughs> No matter how you get it, make sure that you contact us and tell us uh, how much we suck. You can right. do it on iTunes or you can uh, let us know on Twitter. I'm at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks. And this week we've got our special guest, Michael Ackerfeld of Opeth fame. We were unable to claim any new music, but I've heard the new album. And uh, for those of you looking for death metal, you're going to hate it. Uh, it's 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 really? a little more jazzy than even heritage was. It's going to be a little bit different. We talk about that in our interview. So uh, that's coming up here on the metal sucks podcast. It, will the community embrace it? I, I fucking love it. I think it's awesome. I mean, I've, I've listened to it back to front like three times and I'd got no song titles. I just barely got an album title. And I mean, I'm in, I'm are, totally in. But are you it. listening to it between, you know, like your Dave Brubeck and Chick Corea CDs? Or? It's me and my yes albums and yeah. we're, we're all hanging out together. It's progressive. It's, that's pretty much what it's progressive rock. It's, it's right. really good though. It's just not, uh, not even close to some of the old stuff, you know, ghost reveries, ghost reveries was probably the last time we heard the serious death metal stuff, but you know, or at least kind of that hybrid, but it, it, it's good. And we talk about that in the interview. I'm so. looking forward to listening. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, it's be good. we'll get into that. And I had to cut a little bit of it short because this, it's been sitting for a while. We've been trying to get you some new music and it just, yeah. So next thing you know, I asked him, do you know, have an album title and we have an album title. <laughs> we so. should have totally just taken like a old Chick Corea tune <laughs> and, <laughs> and, it in. and claim it's the Check new Check this out, bro. This is awesome, man. <laughs> See that? We should have done that for April Fool's, man. Oh. It would have been hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but we got uh, we got that coming up. I'm also going to play you some music from Trap Them, which that new album is going to be in my top five this year. I already know for a fact that it will be in my top five. Oh, it's such a good album. So we're going to play that. But this week, some interesting, interesting stuff happened. Last week was like a bunch of little news items that happened. Uh-huh. And this week, one big thing was the thing that dominated almost everything, and it was As I Lay Dying. And it, Yeah, and it turned out it had like a little bit of legs, too. Dude, it's like, uh, it's, it's like a seven-headed hydra, man. You cut yeah. one head off and two more grow back. <laughs> I mean, it's it, what the hell, man? This is uh, something that you can't keep down. And we've talked about not, ju- not them, but like how in a band, if you're, how do you deal with controversy and all that stuff? We've gone over that topic a couple of times on this podcast. But this is just such a such a strange story, and I feel so bad for the remaining members of 
of Azalea dying other than Tim Lambesis. I don't feel too bad for him. But the way this thing all played out this week was was pretty terrible. They were doing a really, really great job with this new with the new stuff that they're working on, whether it's worshiper or whatever the hell they're gonna call it. And I thought that their promo machine was working pretty well. For like three days. Yeah, but that's the whole that's the point though. I, I mean uh, it, they had they had started the ramp going, right? Uh-huh. And started started to build. And it right. was a nice slow build. And, and you know, they were releasing those videos and they were talking about it on Facebook and it kind of hinting at it here and people were getting kind of curious about what was gonna happen because everybody wants to know. Right. And we're gonna try to get those guys on the podcast eventually. But it was something that people were interested in. And then Tim Lambesis just stole the thunder right out from right, right from everybody. Dude. Imagine that the attempted murderer turns out he's also a thief. Uh, dude, can you believe that <laughs> crap, dude? I, what we're talking about basically is on com, a statement popped up. Like after this stuff had happened with the rest of the band on their Facebook page, talking about their new project and what they're doing. And the statement pops up basically all about Tim Lambesis in third person. And it was a little cryptic here and there. Talks about the new project. Doesn't name it by name, but names a new vocalist. Talks about the that Azalea dying basically being uh, sleeping but not dead, uh, which nobody has ever, you know, nobody said either way for that band. It was a little weird, and it was kind of unexpected. Nobody had seen that one coming because they were quiet in the Azalea dying camp for so long. And then they come back, I guess it was Nick Hippa that had come back with a Facebook page saying that basically they knew the band knew nothing about it. And the only person that has access to their website is Tim Lambesis. But it was all the stuff he said, Hey, everything that he said was what we've been talking about, wanted to do, but we wanted to roll it out a different way. The way you read it, it sounded like he had a conversation with Jordan or whatever. And, and just didn't, didn't keep him to himself. Uh, Angela Gasow, they need her desperately. That, think about the the juxtaposition. Arch Enemy, what, like two weeks the ago? The way that transition they happened. They transitioned it perfectly. There was no small little build and, oh, cool videos being leaked out or whatever. It was just, see, here I, it is, done, good. Uh, Everybody, here comes the album, boom. See, I like that, though. Uh, I, I, I like the little teasers and stuff, especially since they've been pretty much quiet. Like, all the band members have been... It's been quiet for a We've year. Been begging to get them on. So for a year they've been they've been you know lips sewn uh-huh. about everything, and that is bravo. You know, yeah. br- bravo. That's that's no, no. I disagree. No, no. They I should have done one <laughs> podcast. Well, but still, and what I'm saying is one. Take forty minutes, however long. No, you No, but need. we've talked about it. It's a unified front that they were pre- pre- presenting. Whether that be, just be the Berlin Wall where nothing's getting through. Or if everybody's talking the same the same party line, at least they were unified in what they were doing. Right, I agree with that. And then this just shattered the shattered the whole thing. Yeah, it was like, oh, d- damn it! Uh, so now it's like they're it's like policing the whole thing, and it's like oh, I feel so bad for them, man. I, I well, I kind of do, but then I really don't. I get what they were trying to do, but I feel like probably what happened is they just didn't think it through. They, if they had really planned it out the way that Arch Enemy planned it out, Arch Enemy had everybody silent, engineers, True. producers, photographers, videographers, makeup artists, everybody, everybody that was involved, family members, everybody. They, they, there was no problems with the website, the Facebook page, the yeah. Twitter thing. They had it all sorted. As I lay dying, know that only one dude has got access to their website to change things. 
And that dude, uh, he's a bit of a loose cannon. Well, he's you, got he, he, he's got his priorities a little mixed up because he's you know on house arrest. You so. either got to make sure that you get his access away from him. Yeah, that should be one of the first things that one happens, things right? That you do I mean, to make sure that you get this unified front. Otherwise, because the statement is still up on their website. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's like it's still there. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I I I, 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 I feel I, like you know you got if you're going to do something like that, and I get what they were trying to do. All, all props, etc. Whatever they but put you, out, you got to think from A to Z. You can't, you can't try to cut any corners. And they try to cut some corners. They had a conversation with Tim Lambesis. I don't feel to me. I don't feel like they were trying to cut corners. I think they were trying to cut ties. I think they were just they like it. Like it was. This is this is a new beginning. We're starting a new thing and but separated then, from the old. But then you have to beat Tim. No, no, to the I know punch. you've got it. You've got to like. You've got to break that and, and right. you, silence it. My, and, and my suggestion, the best way to do that is to come onto a show where you're going to get asked some or really hire nice somebody questions. somebody to take out your ex I mean, wait, no, that, yeah. that's not, that didn't work out too well. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, well. I don't know. That's and, a good joke. And there were some stunts. It, it was funny, too, because I think the other thing that came that happened this week was, um, this is speaking of websites and being took over, did you see the In Flames thing that happened this yeah, week? Yeah, yeah. They acted like they got hacked. Uh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> and as soon as I read that, or as soon as I saw that thing where their website was hacked, I was like, this is fake. I was like, this is something, I was like, this is something where they did this to get a couple of headlines before they made the announcement about their new album. I was like, this, there's no way this is real. And it because it was right there in the middle of the heartbleed thing and all that stuff. And uh-huh. I just saw it. I'm like, I don't know, man, this doesn't <laughs> look right to me. I was like, but it was, a, it was a good play because it got a lot of legs with the, with the website hacking and stuff and got them, got them some plays. So, that's awesome. Yeah. That's creativity right yeah, there. Exactly. And, and I, and I feel like the, as LA dying dudes were doing, we're, we're being good about, you know, they, they were moving on or ready to move on and not, move back at this point you know they, they're gonna have to address the the old stuff with the with azalea dying but you know they want to move forward with worshiper and and like I, I said I, hopefully we'll get to talk to them here soon absolutely and, but i totally get it but what they did was they walked in they walked into mcdonald's and ordered like a a a, a, a high-end italian meal and you're just not going to get it you know what i mean they tried to do this rollout, <laughs> slow, unified message, but they, 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 that's just not where they're at. But see, I think the, the problem is I think that's where they were at with the previous band. So you, so they think that that's what they'll have. Yeah. yeah. So, you, so you're on that level. I mean, they have the, they have the people to do what they're doing, obviously, because it was, it was starting to roll, right? You know, they've got the outfit to do it. Whether it's Metal Blade or who you know whoever's help whoever's their their team that's working on this new project, they've got the resources to handle it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a matter of you know keeping the keeping the gunslinger in in check back there, man. It's like God. Speaking of, did you notice like how polite the response was? You know, after this, it wasn't like oh screw him for doing no, this. No, whole no, thing. no, 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 it no, no. It was very They're, dude. They got to make that very nice because you know everybody's fearing for their safety. <laughs> and <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. You never know. <laughs> uh, next thing though, there's a little red dot on your chest. You're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell him what the hell? Oh no. Oh no. He's going to make some new connections here in the next nine years. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I think it's, I think they just, they, their, their response was definitely measured. 
And I think that was good because you don't want to come off as, you know, fuck you, you know, and I think those guys are really smart and they know what they're doing. And they, cause you know, as dying had a, a good long career, uh, you know, before all this stuff went down and they were not in any, their trajectory was still good before all this stuff happened with Tim. So, I mean, it's, it's not like they didn't learn the lessons while they were doing it, you know? And, and, and I think that this is just, I feel so bad for him, dude. Like I said the other day, I was like, they can fart in a microphone. I'm going to buy it. Why? Because yeah. they, they, they deserve my money at this point. They, poor, they poor harbor guys. your sympathy. Uh, they really do. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I'm nervous. They're called worshiper. Well, I mean, you're, you're, you hate God, so, or actually there is none, but yeah. whatever. But, but either way. I hate that empty space. It's not going to be your cup of tea either well, way. But right? maybe, I mean, the, the announcement, Tim suggests that the dude's an ex-Christian, much like he is. So that might be interesting to see if they're calling themselves worshiper in order to get all of the old As I Lay Dying fans, but doing non-Christian metal under that title. That could be interesting. Yeah, but you know, it's th- kind of like that idea. That's I, I think that's all. I think it's all relative now. I mean, and you talk to most Christian metal bands, uh, and they're like, "We're not. We're Christians in a metal band. We're not a Christian metal band." You know, a lot of them anyway. Mm. So I don't know if that's going to have as much to do with it as as not. But you know, when you call yourself worshiper, it's kind of hard not to exactly. You know, not to go. Oh yeah, and then uh-huh. we'll see. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, the, the only one that, but see, I don't listen to a lot of that, that side of stuff. So right. Cause it's unlistenable. Well, no, I don't think it's unlistenable. It's just, I, it's not what I listen to most of the time. So yeah, I mean, that's, I liked for today because their God is an evil God that kills everything. And that's pretty awesome. So, you know, you got to love that. And you know, if he smites everything that he hates, like, okay, all right, I'm, I can get behind you. All right. That's not bad. <laughs> Yeah, a little more biblically accurate. Yeah, totally. Exactly. That's a, uh, and that's, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm there, but even like for today is backed off the Christian metal thing. So yeah. it's, well, everybody's starting to get a little smarter. 80% less Christian. Yeah. You got to broaden the audience, bro. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. I think you go back to where you start from and you go back to what you know, and you go back to, you know, what kind of made you who you were. And, and I think that may be where the, where these guys are going with it. You know, I think it would have been cooler if instead of calling themselves Worshipper, they called themselves like hired guns. Well, we don't even know if it's called worshipper yet. It's something. Well, we suspect because they bought the URL or yeah, something. Yeah, but like that, that could be also a you know an in flames thing where they where they just you know go over here and buy this and uh, then they call themselves Satan lo- Satan lover death machine. And based on not you know on the way this whole thing was coordinated, I don't think. Well, you would. <laughs> they're thinking that far ahead. Yeah, I know. mean, I get it. You know, buying a URL on on GoDaddy is not breaking the bank, but. I own some, I own some crazy URLs myself. So, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out the next great sex act on GoDaddy is what I'm trying to do. I'm like, I can, I can pin this down. Naked women fl- swatting flies. Ducky, what do you mean? Donkey punch is already taken. I know that's all. <laughs> but you know, it's like, uh, there's gotta be, there's gotta be something. I'm just buying all kinds of URLs. My new one is beard belly. I don't know. Huh. I'm not doing anything with it yet, but yeah. But I have no idea why I own it. <laughs> I just do. I'm like, that's a good idea. I'm going to buy that. Uh, so it could be something like that. It could be, a, you know, a false flag. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's entirely possible. It's not, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get into this interview with uh, Michael Please. Ackerfeld? All that right. So all right. great. Dude, he was, uh, he's such a nice guy and actually a funny dude and uh, a 
a pretty decent conversation, man, with uh, with Michael. I've talked to him before. We didn't get into his record collection. That was one thing we had a short period of time. I always like to talk to him about what records he pulls out because he is an avid, an avid record store like fiddler. Like he's a, loves to go to record stores and just pull out some crazy stuff. And uh, we've had conversations about that in the past, but this time uh, we talk about the new record and the direction of Opeth and. You know, why he hates death metal. What? Uh, Michael Ackerfeld on the Metal Sucks podcast. So I got a chance to listen to the new album and I have to say congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It is uh, pretty stellar. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. We, we haven't had any feedback, and I haven't even played it to my mother yet. <laughs> no, not at all? No, I haven't played it to anyone, really. So uh, we had, uh, we just kept it under wraps, basically, that we were done. And uh, nobody asked, and uh, I didn't want to play it to anyone. So uh, we haven't had any feedback until today. Well, they've had a chance to at least leak out the stream, so we don't know song titles or any of that stuff. But um, listen to the whole thing, and it's, uh, it's definitely definitely amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's now, a little bit different. I mean, I don't know if it's that much of a different direction than Heritage. Do you feel like it's something completely different, or how do you feel about the new one? I don't think it's the same as Heritage. I think, you know, like, sound-wise, I think we time-traveled a few years from 1972 or whatever Heritage <laughs> sounded like and up till the late 70s or something. I think it's a bit more updated, uh, fresh, so to speak, sounding. Um, uh, musically, I I think uh, it's maybe as schizophrenic as uh, Heritage, but I think it's also, without trying to sound, making it sound boring, but I think it's a more easier record to get into. It's more melodic than Heritage. Um, And some parts, I guess, a bit heavier as well. It made me want to sit down and listen to my old Yes records. Good. That makes me happy. Now, I'm really ha- I'm ha- I'm happy with it. I've been working with it so much. I'm a bit tired of it now, but I think it's uh, uh, one thing that I like when, when a record is done is whether you feel that it's either sounding like your band or it's sounding like no other band. So I think it's a bit of both on this record. So it makes me, makes me happy. Now, you had mentioned before uh, that you chose to use real instrumentation on this real strings versus uh going for a synthesized sound do you feel like that made a, a big difference oh yeah yeah made a big difference and we had uh, this guy called dave stewart no uh, connection to the eurythmics guy it's, <laughs> it's he's like a, a prog lord from you know he was in a in bands like egg and hatfield in the north and uh and uh uh, National Health and bands like that from from the UK. He did the, the the score, the strings, but they're based on my demo. So and he just added some things that I didn't, you know, that I wouldn't have been able to come up with. That that was, uh, I think, beautiful, and it made a great difference, you know. So I'm really happy with those two songs that has the strings on it, and um, I'm happy with everything actually so far. Ah, well, you, except except for you're tired of it now already. What? Yeah, a bit tired, but I've been working <laughs> on the songs. You know, I've worked a lot. Mm. You know, sitting in uh, my studio, my my grotto, basically working. Uh, and I wrote all the songs on my own this time around, and uh, just uh, it was a lot of work. You know, and a bit a uh, bit rough sometimes. 
but uh, the recording was nice, and you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm we, we basically just like two days ago got a master of the record, so it's been mastered and everything's done, and it sounds really good. But uh, it feels like I'm gonna give it a rest for for a couple of weeks before I listen to it now. Do you usually record everything at your home studio? No, I just uh, I do demos in my home studio. Um, Using like uh, synthetic drums and you know keyboards and stuff like that, mm. um, and but uh, I did save all the vocals who were done in my studios. I saved those from the demos because I found myself struggling if I'm gonna do like a repeat performance of a a good vocal take uh, second time around. It it always comes out worse, I think. <laughs> so, so I saved the demo vocals, uh, so that's what's on the record. And then we just uh, redid pretty much everything else down at Rockfield Studios in Wales and in Stockholm at Atlantis Studio. The obvious thing that has changed with uh, with Opeth over the past uh, few albums is the Don't say it. growl. Is the growl? Uh, you <laughs> can't you can't not say it, right? <laughs> yeah. So are yeah. are you done with death metal? Uh, I'm not sure. Like when it comes to growling, um, I guess I have to feel that the song needs it before I do it again. And I'm not even talking about I'm not even talking about Opeth. Are you? Because I know that you're that you kind of left Bloodbath and a few yeah. others. Do you, do you feel like that's that time has passed for you? I mean, as far as what you what you are doing yourself, I'm never going to say never when it comes to recording a death metal record or a death metal song again. And we still do those songs live. Uh, like the bulk of our catalog is death metal based mm-hmm. music, you know. So of course we. It's not like we were embarrassed. We I love those records that we did in the past and we still play those songs live uh, but when it comes to writing music I, I guess uh, I haven't had inspiration from the death metal scene since like 1992 if you know what I mean so it kind of makes it difficult for me to uh, write those types of songs I guess now I guess I saturated uh, that style of writing on the Watershed record and I just couldn't do it anymore for now, but you never know. Maybe I'll I'll uh, get back to it. But right now, I'm just interested in uh, singing and developing my my clean voice, which is it feels like I'm I'm uh, without blowing my, blowing my own trumpet. It feels like I'm developing so, so much with my clean singing. While with the death metal singing, I kind of took it to a a level where I couldn't get better, and in fact, I got a bit worse. So um, it wasn't uh, fun. To do that stuff anymore, but since then I've gotten back into it, and, and my death metal voice sounds good again. Uh, but uh, I'm still waiting for that uh, inspiration. If that inspiration comes back, we'll do a death metal record. You know, not, not like I'm, you know, shying away from uh, from that uh, style of music because I don't like it. You know, I do love death metal music. It's just that I can't really write that kind of music right now. So we're doing some, something else in the meantime. You're about to turn 40, right? Uh, are you growing out of it, maybe? 30. 30? Oh, okay, 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, maybe it's an old guy syndrome. You know, maybe I'm turning old and, you know, like death metal for me is connected to my teenage years, you know, in a way. But uh, that's also not, not the reason why I'm not doing it. I just can't feel it right now. Mm. So, uh, but I still love it. You know, I still appreciate a good death metal singer when I hear one. Uh, and good death, good death metal, you know. Like for Roadburn that I'm curating this year, I'm uh, bringing out uh, Obliteration from Norway, 
which I think are great. Just caught those guys this uh, this week. How were they? They were amazing. Good. I good. was blown away. Oh, awesome! That makes me happy. Yeah, you know that's the style of death metal that I like. Old school. You know, uh, I don't like elaborate symphonic death metal like the ones that that we have that we have kind of pioneered in a way. You know, that's not what I listen to at all. You know, I want it to be gritty and pig sounding. You know, pig sounding death metal vocals. That's what I want. Like early grave, mm. uh, morbid angel, death, more goth and autopsy you know those kind of bands so does that lead to a new project maybe someday you know or well that was bloodbath I mm-hmm. guess. and uh, you know that was uh, but a lot of people asked me like because it was just uh, uh, the timing you know it did the heritage record and got shit for not uh, having any death metal vocals on it and at the same time i quit bloodbath so people thinking like i i hate that's that, but it's just uh, like a coincidence to be honest you know but bloodbath was my kind of tribute thing but it got a bit too serious for me so i didn't really have time you know mm. people are talking about touring and stuff like that and uh, it's just impossible for me so I, uh, that's why I, i'm not with bloodbath anymore well, i think most people harp on you about the the growls because you have such a such a distinct and and amazing growl voice that a lot of people just want to hear it yeah i guess you know i like like i said i i, I have my moments when i'm Good and for a while, for a, during a few years, I was really uh, pushing it, you know, and uh, did some some good uh, stuff with it. But uh, and then, like I said, we toured so much, and then it just got worse, worse. And I started wearing my throat out, and took a break from it during the Heritage uh, recording and the first initial tours we did for Heritage. But then we brought back some of those heavy songs, and uh, lo and behold, my voice was back. I know that I saw I caught you guys on the the Heritage tour, and I've seen you play before, and you've got a pretty funny stage presence. I I think that was the happiest I've ever seen you on stage was playing that album. Yeah, but it's fun, you know. It's re- that's one thing that I really love about Heritage, and you know, with these new songs that we have, I, I, because I can hear every, everything on stage, and it feels like we're playing more as a band than when you're playing some of the heavier shit and the complicated stuff. You're focusing so much on your own performance that you don't re- really hear. Uh, the dynamics between uh, the five guys on stage, you know. But when we play those heritage songs, it's like I'm just a little uh, piece of the puzzle, you know. I could hear every everyone. Uh, it makes it so much more fun, if you know what I mean. And also, it's a bit more fragile, uh, those songs, because they're they're not a, as heavy, and you can't really hide yourself behind a wall of sound anymore. You have to play with emotion, and you have to be tight. You have to swing. Uh, and if if you don't feel it, it's going to sound like shit, you know. But with some of like Air Apparent or something from like Watershed or uh, what else, you know, some of the older songs, I could feel like shit and I could still pull it, pull it off, if you know what I mean. But mm. Heritage is more demanding from you as a musician, which makes it more fun, I think, for me. Almost tw- over two decades, almost 25 years of Opeth now. Is that hard for you to believe? Yeah, I was thinking about that today. It's 24 years since we formed and... Uh, that's a long time, you know. I don't. I look myself in the mirror, and I like. I still look like, uh, like I did when I was fifteen, but with a mustache and a beer gut, you know. <laughs> so uh, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to understand that we've been around for such a long time. Uh, and also, right before we did this, like, or during the process of the new album, I was thinking, you know, we're not exactly hipster material, and uh, 
maybe the hottest uh, new band out there. And I was thinking like the interest in Opeth is waning, but still a lot of interest in us, you know, to this day. Yeah, so it's makes me feel good, but it's also like fucking hell. Twenty four years that makes makes us old. <laughs> Do you feel old? Sometimes, but uh, sometimes I I feel like like nothing's changed since I was a teenager. You know, doing what I do has, hasn't forced me to grow up like my friends from school or from my childhood who, who got so, so, so-called normal jobs, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Um, I'm still kind of young at heart, but obviously uh, I don't have any gray hair, hairs either. Um, I still look fairly young. I still feel fairly young and act fairly young. So, uh, so far, so good. So you you pretty much started right out of the gate. When did you start making music? When you were a teenager, like young teenager, right? Yeah, the, my first band was formed. It, we, we were called Eruption, and we were formed in '88, I think it was. So I was 14 at the time. So I was really young, and Opeth, you know, was in 1990. So I was 16. So I was, I was pretty fucking young. So did you have a did you have a support structure? Did you have like a family and uh, were people supportive of what you wanted to do? Well, in those days, not really. It was just you know, like you're in school and you're supposed to do this and that. My mother actually pushed me to she wanted me to become a civil engineer, which kind of baffles me today because uh, you know I never (laughs) never showed any interest in that shit. Uh, but she pushed me to get a proper education, which I eventually I got a you know got some type of education. But immediately after school, I went into uh, got job in a got a job in a in a guitar shop, and with that my musical interest develops. And I guess eventually my family and my girlfriends and friends uh, got a bit more supportive. It was really when I started making a living, if you know what I mean, which was late late into my so to speak, career. I mean, like around the time when we did Blackwater Park mm. is when we, when I could actually buy a carton of milk, <laughs> you know, my with my own money. Before that, I had no money. I lived on air, basically. So my mother wasn't so proud. But once I actually could support myself and pay bills and, uh, you know, I became a dad and everything, so that... that uh, then she became more uh, proud, I guess. But she was supporting me, like financially, of course, because I didn't have any money. Of course, they weren't happy with you if they're supporting you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, was, yeah. And I, I also lived with my mother till I was twenty-three or something. So she's like, "What the fuck, you know? Get out." Time to get a job. Yeah, get a job, get a haircut, that kind of stuff. But uh, <laughs> she's uh, now she's really, really proud of me and. Uh, I guess uh, it, it the kind of coin dropped uh, dropped uh, you know and then she mm-hmm. understood that there's no uh pushing me you know I'm going to do what I want and if somebody tries to put to this day with every everything around me if somebody pushes me in a certain direction I want to go the other direction you know what I mean so it doesn't work with me and reverse psychology doesn't work either ha. so how does that work with your kids are are I know they're still pretty young right yeah, they're young, but uh, you know, like um, uh, I'm just dad to them. I think they think I'm. They have realized that I'm not exactly like other dads, I guess. But um, you know, we just do. Uh, 
family shit. Are they musically inclined? Have you tried to nurture some of that? I mean, because not every dad has a recording studio in their house, you know. <laughs> no, but they uh, they are into. I'm sad to say they are into normal kids stuff, music, Justin Bieber and uh, uh, so is mine. One Direction. I'm actually taking my oldest daughter to see One Direction, so I'm going to be at one of their shows. Oh, nice! Looking forward to it too. You know, hoping for some pyro. <laughs> I I know I just took my daughter to see Imagine Dragons, so I, I know exactly what you're talking them, about. But, uh, Don't worry about it; you're fine. <laughs> see, I've I've kind of looked at it as I'd love to get her into the music that I love to listen to, but at the same time, I don't want to ever push anything on them. Or I'm the same. I, I'm because I wasn't pushed to go into music. I was inspired and I developed my own interest in music. But then again, you know, like pushing your kids. To go to become, you know, artistic, like to, to develop an interest in something artistic, might actually might work. You know, they might develop an interest if they're being pushed, but it might also go uh, the other way. Which uh, I, I I don't even know if I, if I want them to like play an instrument. I just want them to be interested in music and understand the value of culture. Which I I still I have I've already seen signs with my daughters that they. Have, their patience is so short. Their attention span is so short. She jumps between songs, like listens five five seconds or ten seconds to a song, then jumps to to the next song. And same when they're watching films, they jump between the chapters on the DVD player, which makes me go like, just relax, watch the whole thing, or listen to the whole thing. Uh, that's what I'm struggling with now. You know, their attention span is extremely short. You know. And that does seem different. I don't. I I remember having at least a little bit of a short attention span, but I'd listen to whole albums when I was oh, yeah, yeah. 12, yeah, 13, too, 14. Can't compare to to how kids are today, but it's just because they don't have to. There's no struggle to find culture, music, and films. They can they have it on their phones. You know everything pretty much. And in my time, obviously, I had to wait uh, six months before I could afford to buy a record. Or if before I got a record for, as a Christmas gift or something like that, and films obviously the the the, the demand was obviously obviously there, but there was no way to to see films before they came on came on in the, in the cinema or was released as the as a VHS, you know, or you could rent it and stuff like that. So it's just so different, you know. Everything now, as you know, is in your fucking phone, pretty much. Yeah, it's... and I think it makes for restless uh, people because there's so much. Then you just type it in and boom, you've got it right there in front of you and you don't have to, you don't have to spend any time with it. Or no, you remember no. when you get that record for Christmas and you'd spend the next six months listening to nothing but that because that's all you had? Of course, and you would like that record. It's almost like I want to, you know, part of me wants to think that there was no bad records <laughs> in those days, but I'm sure there were bad records just that you forced yourself to listen to it's so many times because you invested so much money and and uh, you know like uh, the effort to get a record in those days was just completely different to what it is now so you made yourself like that record you know mm. i have records back home that i love them you know but i know you know i'm smart enough to understand that i can't play i can't expect uh, anyone who hasn't heard this record to like it because this is part of my childhood and not, like I said I forced myself maybe to like it I can definitely hear its flaws today if, if you know what I mean mm -hmm. uh, but um, 
that's so different. It's so different now to to what it was. You said, uh, I'm going to quote you back to yourself because I thought this was an interesting quote from you, but uh, you said, in metal, evolution doesn't seem to be that important. Do you feel like that's definitely the case or do you because it feels like your your opeth has obviously evolved do you think it's just the standard that people stay and do what they are supposed to do and that's the way it is in metal well i think evolution is uh, that that word is a bit interesting because you know I'm, I'm in the middle of the scene yet i don't really have that much of an interest in what's going on because what i see is that it goes in in cycles and it's like now the big thing in europe is occult retro rock mm. and it's being pushed on me as something fresh and new while i have like a thousand references which makes it just uninteresting to me if you know what i mean that's not saying that the bands are shit it's just it's not new so you know evolution and like new sounds in metal is not really common it's almost like people have forgotten that their favorite bands uh, have been preceded by someone maybe better, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's seen, like in, in Europe, it's seen as a really, really cool thing to sound like Merciful Fate. And that's hip and new and fresh, which I guess I, like, I love Merciful Fate, but it, if you know what I mean, it's, it, it's, not, uh, it's not evolution for me. So when I think about like groundbreaking metal bands that are active today, there's not that many. I mean, Meshuggah did something there was not, nothing like them and still to this day they are the best at what they do i think but they have obviously spawned a lot of bands who in, in turn um do what they do but i think a lot worse and they're very few and far between to find somebody who can either start like a whole genre like mashuga yeah. did or mm-hmm. create something and i know exactly what you're talking about with the occult bands that's um, yeah no, we're just super hippies and especially if they have a female singer with a, a, a she's she's supposed to wear a robe <laughs> and uh, have bangs, you know. But that's great, you know. Like I, I don't really have a problem with it. It's just like it feels like a bit transparent to me. Uh, the metal scene sometimes, and to, to, to a certain extent, I'm talking out of my ass because I could just drop that shit and just listen to whether I like it or not. Mm-hmm. But since you asked about evolution, that's. Uh, you know, I can't really see it happening so much. So where do you think the next thing is going to be? What do you, I, I have been trying to figure it out for years what the what the next thing might be, and I, I've been able to... Yeah, I think it's going to continue for a few years, the whole uh, the occult rock thing and also the 80s revival, like... Uh, the thrash revival Sweden. stuff? Yes, and we have in Sweden, like, the bands citing Saxon as mm. their favorite band again, which is cool. I love Saxon. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I can see where it's going, if you know what I mean. Soon we're going to talk about going more and more obscure, and everybody's a Tigers of Pantan fan soon, and listening to Jaguar or <laughs> Biscaya or shit like that, you know, which is, I mean, it's cool. But for me, who kind of lived it once those bands came out, it's like, uh, you know, not so interesting, I guess. But uh, <clears throat> I'm hoping something's going to happen, because me too, I, I fucking, I'm a massive music fan and a massive metal fan, so I want something you know, I want to be impressed, if you know what I mean. I want to hear something like, wow, this is amazing. But uh, it's, been, it's been a while since, since I reacted like that. Yeah, it's, uh, it feels like it's going to be a little bit, a little while longer, too. Yeah, I don't know. 
but uh, like I said, I hope something's going to happen. Uh, and extreme metal, I think, uh, where can you take it? I mean, can you make it faster? Is that is it good? Will it make it good if it's faster? Will it make it good if it's slower? Or should it be mid, mid-tempo? Should it be more brutal, less brutal, more symphonic, less symphonic? Uh, it, f- it feels like that form of music has saturated. Like It's run its course. Yeah, I'm not sure how to develop it, you know. Yeah. But then again, I mean, uh, I guess that's what people said when they're talking heaviness and Helter Skelter in 1968. Like, how can you make it more heavier than this? It's right. So I guess uh, you can. But uh, whether it, I'm going to like it or not, I'll leave that.
Bliss Fucker is the uh, name of the new album from Trap Them. <laughs> really? It's called Bliss Fucker. <laughs> it is. It's awesome. I can't wait till, because I'm playing it on my uh, HD radio station. I can't wait till that album art comes up with Bliss Fucker written across the bottom on it. Yeah, I'm going to get a letter about that, I think. <laughs> uh, it's called Salted Crips, and it's awesome. That album is, is it's going to be in my top five. I love that band so much anyway. Cool. And this album, I think, just kind of furthers. Good. I, I, my, my top five has not been filling up as fast as it did last year. So Mine is doing pretty good right now. Is it? Actually, okay, I think my top five is okay. All uh, right. Yeah, I'm pretty solid. And I forgot, Loudwire, somebody posted like the best metal songs of the year so far. Uh-huh. Yeah, pretty close. Okay, not bad. I don't know that I'd throw that that Arch Enemy song in there that they put in, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't wasn't terrible. I liked it. Yeah, no, it's a good not, not top good five song, anything, but, but it's but not top five. Yeah. I bet there's other stuff on that album that's going to be a lot better than that song. Right, cool. So, but yeah, we should be doing our top ten of the first quarter. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, God, no. Let's wait till at least mid year. Damn it! So we got a we got what a couple months before we get there, man. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this week also marked a, a, a milestone. In the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, as if anybody really cares. Hall and Oats, man. Hall <laughs> and Oats. And still no Deep Purple. What? That was my favorite thing. Deep was uh, was uh, I guess it was... What? Yeah. Smoke on the water? And what else? Uh, what's the one about uh, Turn Up the Radio? That's Shut like up. all they got. No, dude. And Turn Up dude. the Radio was a better song my than woman Smoke from on the Tokyo? Water. My woman from Tokyo? Uh, oh, you got to be kidding me. Uh, Fucking Deep Purple, no, man. You need more than three songs to get on a Dude, I listened to that Live in Japan album so much, man. That was like, it was one of my favorite records as a kid, or, well, cassettes as a kid. Uh. <laughs> it was so awesome. I love that album. <laughs> but uh, we got to talking about Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and how it's, you know, relevant or not relevant to have, you know, Nirvana in there and, and not somebody like deep purple or whatever and then kiss well, and, you are you in that and, yeah. and you know <laughs> the fact kiss, that kiss hasn't been there since the day they opened the doors is a travesty I, and i can agree with that even though i don't like kiss that much I, mm-hmm. and i'm not i've never been a big uh, big huge fan of kiss even though I, re- but I recognize everything that they've done as far as music is concerned and what they've done for uh shock rock i mean i assume that def leppard is in right I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've never on. been, so I have, oh, no, I, I have no idea. Cleveland, if you want people to go, you might want to take, put it somewhere else, right? <laughs> well, uh, Pittsburgh, awesome. Oh. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> but uh, I remember when we were interviewing uh, uh, Ronnie James Dio's wife? Yeah. And I had cracked the joke about how they we ought to put his statue across the street from the Rock yeah. and Roll Hall of Fame, flipping off the Hall of Fame. So the thought was, okay, if there's a metal Hall of Fame, and you, we put it across the street, flipping off the hall, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, a la when we were on 70,000 Tons of Metal and everybody's on the side of the boat going- Your boat sucks. Exactly. Your boat sucks. Same thing. Your hall sucks. <laughs> Your hall sucks. So who would be the first 10 induct- in, you know, in, inductees? The people that are going to be in the Metal Hall of Fame. The Metal Hall of Fame, t- the first the- 10. And individuals, not bands, not right? Indivi- it's just got to be individuals. Just individuals, okay. I, so that's that makes a challenge. That's actually a lot harder because yeah. you kind of want to spread the gambit. You want to do some vocalists. You want to do some guitarists. You want to do a little bit of everything, right? Uh-huh. Me, I, I I tend to grab vocalists more than anything else. Oh, that's but, right. Yeah, you and all the girls. But I think, <laughs> like, literally grab <laughs> yeah, the vocalist. Yeah. But um, I, I started thinking about it. I'm like, okay, did so? Do we want to list our our ten or and give reasons or what do you think? Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, you you want to go first? Do you, you want me to go? Do first? you want me to start? No, you go. We'll, ahead. we'll go you, back and forth. Okay. All right. Well, no, you do five. Uh, yeah, whatever. All right. All right. You you go first. Do uh, two. Okay. Do two. Uh, Tony Iommi. 
he's on my list too. Okay, for obvious right, cool. reasons. Right, yeah, and he would okay, be we're like, gonna, we're gonna match up like yeah. the first. I think so because you got Sabbath is going to be the first because they are they are the first. You know, as far as like heavy metal is concerned, you got to that's where you go. Uh, and Iomi is iconic for his his guitar playing, his sound, like everything. He's 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 right there. He's yeah. in. Number two, you'll probably disagree with me on this one is Dio. Yes, I am. Uh, Ronnie James Dio, iconic voice for you know fifty fucking years. That dude was the voice of metal from Rainbow to Dio to Black Sabbath. I mean, like he. Yes, he is the voice of a whole bunch of bands that only a few people. He created to. the horns. He everything was. Yeah, but was Billy Ronnie Joel James created Dio. the stage dive. We're not putting Ronnie him in the metal. James all the Dio, baby. See, Ronnie I, James I, Dio. I, I see your Ronnie James Dio, and I raise one Rob Halford, which I could see. I could see the metal god. Uh, yeah, I could see him in there as well. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, it just as we would far not as be like, hell bent for leather. We would not be ramming it down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I think part of what adds to it is that he would uh, uh, obviously just like everything he's gone through as as an individual for this genre. I mean, he, I, I can't think of anybody perhaps who has sacrificed more than he has. So uh, I, you got to go with Rob Halford, right? Okay, and, I can see and, that. And then I also have, um, uh, you know, the next one I go with is James Hetfield. Really? That would he be like your third right in? near the beginning? Right near the beginning, you bet. He's on my list. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's on my list. Top and, three, it had to be top somebody four. from Metallica. Yes, and I and Lars. No, I mean I. He'd be there soon. He'd be there soon. But I think Hetfield, by far, being the I think he's if I remember right, he's the primary lyricist for Metallica too. Yeah, but I think he's that voice was the voice of thrash metal for the eighties. Yes, you know, uh, and mainstreamed metal like no other band did. You know, in the in the late eighties, nineties, obviously, you know, and they're they're fucking Metallica. It's so. difficult to go back to that time in metal, but there was a time when you would tune on a turn on Headbangers Ball, which was the only exposure to metal that you'd ever get, right? On MTV, turn on Headbangers Ball from eleven p.m. to two a.m. or whenever it was on on Saturday nights, and um, uh, you know, they'd have band after band after band on there, and they'd get asked the same three questions: Where'd your band name come from, etc. So, what are you listening to right now? Every single one of them would say Metallica. Yeah, to just everybody, and yeah. it didn't matter if they were a hair rock band or as heavy as Get Out. That's what they said, right? And 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 it, and beyond that, it it wasn't just about wearing black when you walked around. It was you wore a Metallica, Metallica T-shirt, yeah. and you knew or, who they were, or you wore a Motorhead T-shirt. Lemmy is my is the next on my list. Uh, I wouldn't put him in. Either. Lemmy is totally let, dude. Lemmy is God. So I mean, it. Lemmy is is an icon like no other icon, and there is nobody like him, and there no, there will never be anybody like. You keep him. on going with guys who only have like one or two good songs, but okay, one or two good songs. Are you kidding yeah. me? Do you have you never listened to the Motorhead catalog? Yeah, the Motor. He, he's got one or two good songs. He's just rewritten those two songs <sighs> over and over and over You're again. Terrible. For, how many years he's now? an icon dude he i get is, it but he's, he's a personality he's not well, a that too musician. i mean but that's the point is that he's got a little bit of everything there you like you love kiss you think they they're right good music are you kidding me the, so i mean it's forever <laughs> I was like, okay so then i had to put one bass player in there and it was a toss-up between between for me it was a toss-up between like cliff burton but i already had somebody from metallica in there so i put steve harris Oh, great pick! I, I, you got to have Steve Harris yeah. in there because because Maiden and the Maiden Legacy 
and how much that music is based on the bass lines. You know, my best friend is is just like totally gay for Steve Harris, and and I, I all totally understand why because yeah. the dude is just amazing. And yeah, he's totally needs to be on the top of the list. And, you know, and I I know that. Oh, I, I now you said Steve Harris. I tr- sort of trumps my next, which would have been Bruce Dickinson, who I think is almost just as deserving. I, but almost just. If as. I'm gonna take, if I'm gonna take an if Iron Maiden, Maiden, I'm gonna take Steve Harris. Yeah, and 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 I'm with you on the Dickinson thing. I was like, I think he's obviously so iconic and amazing, but yeah, but Steve Harris, I think musically what made iron maiden important is him and not and not bruce as as much right and then you go down the list to okay i did not know who to pick in this carrie king or jeff hanneman oh you gotta go with jeff i think i was thinking jeff hanneman yeah I he's mean, got one up on carrie's dead but well that's that, 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 that's like <laughs> that's like a getting a author. trump card boom yeah, boom done <laughs> all right that okay yeah fuck you dude <laughs> Well, the only thing, I, the only reason why I split, uh, it, it's kind of hard to s- separate the two. Hanneman wrote so much of the good music, so so many of the great songs that Slayer did. But Kerry King was responsible for that signature sort of sound. You know that even in the Beastie Boys, "No Sleep Till Brooklyn," you know it was you knew it was Kerry King because of the way that guitar sounded. So it, he had that particularly specific kind of sound to him. So it's like, well. But all right, I'll have to go with I'll have to go with Hanneman. On that. Yeah, I got to go with Hanneman. Uh, I I I would go with next pick and the other dead guy, Odorous Urungus. Mm, okay, I think he has to be in there first first wave because okay. he's uh, he's taken the whole idea of a show and he he made it metal. Yeah, you know what I mean. He shocked uh, shocked the shit out of it. Oh, so great! I'm going to skip my number six because okay. I don't I don't think my number six fits in there. But I'm going from my my next one would be John Lord. It's my Deep Purple obsession. Oh, Jesus. <clears throat> Keyboardist for John uh, oh. for Deep Purple. John Lord was one of those guys that, that was responsible for making Deep Purple sound the way Deep Purple sounds. You s- actually are putting a I'm putting in a the fucking keyboardist in the Metal Hall of Fame. So I'm pretty you sure there's a sign it. on the front of this Metal Hall of Fame that says, no keyboardist <laughs> allowed. Uh, tell that to the black metal wave. Whatever, <laughs> man. There, there's no way. John Lord, I think, deserves to be in there. I think Dave Lombardo needs to be in there. I know. I Once again, we're going with two members of Slayer. Okay, I but- see your Dave Lombardo and I raise you, Gene Hoagland. Yeah, but Dave Lombardo kind of did it before Gene. Did he? Yes. Did he? Yes. Or was he doing it at the same no, time? No, if, if Gene could have done what Dave could do, then Gene would have been the second drummer of, of Slayer. Wait, what wasn't he? Wait, if Gene could have was done. Was he the second or was he the third? Did he, didn't he, did he play with Slayer? No. It was, no. no. Who am I thinking? Oh, never mind. Yeah, no. I'm thinking of Bostaff. I'm thinking of, uh, who's yep. he? Wasn't there one more? No. But yeah, yeah, there was, but you know, he's with like Forbidden or something. Uh, well, I don't know. I think I think Hoagland is the one that you know they call him the Atomic Clock for a reason. The, mm-hmm. the guy is just he's spot on good, dude. So I'm going with Ho- as far as drummers, I'm going with Hoagland before I go with Lombardo. And I lo- and I love Dave Lombardo. I think I think I think Lombardo is a little more influential. He took that. Yeah, but it's all good. Can I give my next two before go you go to the next? Uh, Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> fuck you no dude if you're gonna put fuck a keyboardist you. in i'm putting this sharon osborne in. No. she's a manager she didn't even make music i didn't it doesn't it, you got to have some industry people in there and i'm saying that what she did was she was able to in the first wave ozzy out yes absolutely if you're gonna go with that you'd have to go with brian slagle 
I think he's a strong, strong candidate. I think Slagle or uh, Monty, Monty Connor is my next yeah, pick yeah, I mean, right there. I, I think say, those guys is would be, a slam dunk. Yeah, okay. I could see either one of those dudes. Uh, I, probably Slagle, actually, just for starting Metal Blade and and you know really discovering Metallica. And, Absolutely. You know, like those are. I think that was just one of the most discovering the biggest metal band in history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that but, he would I mean, probably win. That, that was one. like an afternoon for him. His entire career. No, I know. I'm just is, saying that was like uh, that. That was the impetus. Yeah, you know, and everything else yeah. that came after is just like holy shit. Right. That was like, his royal and, flush, but he's been able to. Yeah, he's totally. been a steady winner ever since. Exactly. Totally. But, well, and and before and the rest of mine, we pretty much talked about. The only guy that I didn't have on there was uh, Max Cavalera. Hmm. First be, wave. I. I'm, at this point, I think I would put Max Cavalera in there mainly because of of his extensive career from start to finish, like yeah. Sepultura all the way through modern day. The guy's still making music with three bands and still making different projects and still influencing stuff that's going on today. So I think his his sphere of influence is so big that to me, he's he's definitely one of the guys that I think I would stack in there. Yeah, he would, boy, you know, if you put him in, I get a feeling that there's a lot of people who you also, but I, I think his influence on on world musics into metal is mm-hmm. is pretty much second to none. Yeah. And that has to be respected as a huge part of what makes metal great now because it's now a global phenomenon and you've got bands like Gojira and Noctem and, and um, uh, Chthonic and all these that, that are bringing in their own uh, cultural, uh, cultural influence. Yeah. And, and nobody did it before, before Max. Everybody was trying to sound like an American death metal band. Mm-hmm. Before that. You well, would put him in before Chuck Skuldiner? <sighs> yeah, I think I would. I honestly think I would because, because, because I think, you know, Chuck obviously was, so influ- influential to death metal, but I don't know. I mean, he's he's got the trump card. He does have the trump card. So, I mean, no matter what, he's got the trump card. But I think that I don't. Well, I don't know because I can't. I don't want to say that his legacy has an influence uh, influence uh, band uh, like as much as Max Cavalera has because it obviously has. So it's like, yeah, I, I could see that too. See, this would be a tough thing oh, to narrow it down. It's so fun, right? You know, and then I mean, and this excludes almost. I'm looking at this list, and we went overseas to UK, but like European yeah. bands, and you know, didn't even get into black metal because I don't even yeah. want to go there. It's because uh, I'm just yeah, not you, ver- just, I'm you not, can't pick one person without pissing off all. Yeah, the others. I'm not versed enough in black metal to go. This is why. You Plus, know? you thought Kurt Cobain didn't want to get into the rock and roll <laughs> thing. You imagine the reaction most of these black metal guys would have. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have people blasting their faces off left, right, and center. <laughs> Uh, it's like oh, oh. And, and, yeah it's a uh, what your your a skull <laughs> it's, just, it's on display now wouldn't that be cool if they had stuff like that in the metal hall of fame <laughs> see that's what we talk about next is like what like objects oh like stuff you yeah, put in there stuff do you put in there hmm. yeah oh, that's a whole nother topic that's for a whole nother cool, time you know <laughs> Uh, whose jacket, who's uh, used condoms. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, there, there's a whole list of stuff that we could do. <laughs> oh, that would be so great. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, uh, who's got money out there? Let's get this going. I could I could totally run this thing. Do a heavy metal hall of fame, or a, a metal hall of fame. It can't be heavy metal. It's got to no, be metal. Metal hall of fame. And exclusively metal. Exclusively metal. And there's none of, and none of that. Okay, so then we probably, I'd ha- probably have to kick Deep Purple out. Yeah. 
because that, well, would, that there, would technically be rock and roll. No, you got the word fame in there, so therefore you got to kick Deep Purple out. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Whatever, dude. And I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna end this show with Smoke on the Water just to piss you no off. No way, yeah. it better be a yeah. cover. <laughs> you just wait, man. Highway Star, it's coming up <laughs> oh. right here at the end. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're gonna be like, oh, I got my brothers in arms from Dire Straits, man. It's a, it's a hey, dude. highly influential. Come on, man. Sultan's a swing. Oh. Let's do it. Dire Straits. Awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> we got to wrap this show up, dude. That's good. I, I like this though. I th- uh-huh. if, if you've got somebody who needs to be on there, ma- make sure you tweet us and, and let us know. Yeah. Especially Europeans, because like, that's the one thing, like, I feel like this list that I've got is totally, totally Americanized and a little bit of UK, but uh-huh. <clears throat> you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff that, that, that we probably, neglected because we're stupid and it's okay so at bearded ape is where you can find me on uh, twitter you can yeah. find him at godless speaks uh-huh. so make sure you tweet us who your thoughts on the uh, first 10 inductees into the metal hall of fame would be and make sure you subscribe to this podcast on this little thing called itunes if you want it to come right to your phone every week on mondays we also post it on metalsucks.net every monday and let's see next week who do we got i don't know what we're going to do next week interview wise might have a couple of choices. Yeah, we mm. might have a bunch of choices. Yeah, maybe Tesseract, maybe Ben Fogust, maybe Behemoth. I don't know. We'll have to see. You just have to subscribe and find out and come back next Monday to <laughs> MetalSucks.net. All right. I'm Chickity Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this has been the Metal Sucks Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>